0: My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said there and replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. If you haven't completed your Christmas shopping yet, or if you haven't started like some of my friends, you can do your your family and your friends or even yourself a favor and buy a copy of the DVD of The Human Experience. You might even be able to to stream it on one of the, the different services out there if you want to watch it there. And no, I don't get a producer's cut of the sales. Uh, these good Catholic guys, are, I think, are still trying to work out a debt from making the film. But in this incredible 90-minute documentary, a group of brothers set out on a journey to get to the burning questions that humanity asks. Who am I? Who is man? Why do we search for meaning in life? I've seen it at least a dozen times already, and i am moved every time i've seen it i know i've even mentioned scenes from it before in homilies but it's that good there's so much to it that i'm still digesting it there's so many scenes that really stand out in my mind one scene in particular that comes to my memory is about dr anthony lazara who we meet in one of the several experiences that the film traces dr tony as he's known had held a tenured post at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, where he had supervised these high-tech children's wards at two of the university's hospitals. He had this cutting-edge career that had built up a stellar reputation. He had job security, he had a a nice home. Financially, he was doing very well. He had friends, a, a nice social life. And he knew he was helping people. It was a comfortable existence. And no doubt he could have continued on his life this way and been considered one of the good guys. One day on a trip to India for a medical conference, everything for Dr. Tony changed. He said he came out of this restaurant with a colleague and he saw something under this filthy blanket. Was it an animal? Was it a child? He didn't know because he and his friend felt There was nothing they could do, so they left it there. But that memory stayed with him. And he couldn't get the pictures out of his mind of the incredible suffering that he witnessed of children, people literally dying in the streets because they lacked just some of the most basic of medical care. It shocked him out of his comfort. And he said that over the course of the next two years, after this visit, he gradually came to this realization that he felt called to leave his practice, to leave his friends, leave the world that he knew, and to set out, not for India, but to Peru, where he ended up opening a medical orphanage, the Villa La Paz, the Home of Peace, as it's called welcomes children who were born sick or disabled some severely so for example there was this one little boy named victor who was featured in the film who was missing a leg and both of his arms children that before dr tony had established this home some would have abandoned them and just left them to die because their parents couldn't or or wouldn't take care of a child with so many needs who wasn't considered normal What's so amazing, though, about seeing these children, when you see these kids' faces, you can't help but be moved, to be blown away. They proclaim by their very existence to a world that would simply focus on what's wrong with them, on their brokenness, and respond, don't you dare dismiss me. God loves me and desired me into existence. They don't say it in words like that. They say it in their strength. They bear witness to it in their resilience. They testify it with their joy, their true, authentic joy. One sad side note, I had college students say to me after we screened the film on campus one time, I keep wondering why are those little kids who have so little, so much happier than I, who have everything? Good question to ponder. But these kids' stories are, are being told in part because of Dr. Tony. And he said that when he came back from Calcutta, he knew he was doing good work at Emory. But he said to himself, what I'm doing here in the United States, anybody can do. And that opened him to asking the question, what great things does God want to conceive in me? And he was willing to, to trust those plans, those dreams of God and to say yes. And that's a a beautiful aspect of our lives as, as Christians, that we witness to the present world how this gospel isn't just a story from the past. We don't read the gospel for history lessons. When God's word is proclaimed, it's alive. It's a word that's spoken to us here and now. And Dr. Tony is just one notable example of today's gospel, this beautiful prelude to the birth of Christ at Christmas. St. Luke tells of his incarnation when Jesus came into humanity in the womb of Mary. And that in itself is an overwhelming thing to consider, that the Almighty, the Eternal Holy One, would step into human history in the meekest, simplest, almost quietest of ways possible, but just pause for one moment and think about how all of this hinged on Mary's response. Would she be open to imagining what great things God wants to conceive in me? This moment of the Christmas story is incredibly striking on so many levels one being that it was Mary who had to have shared the story it was only she and the angel who were there for this discussion and how humble is she in her recollection she doesn't take any glory for herself she doesn't recount all the sacrifices that she had to make in saying yes to god that joseph and her had to abandon their their plans and their dreams She doesn't dwell on how hard this was or any of the pain that she endured as the mother of God. Imagine her having to witness the brutality of her son's passion and crucifixion. None of that is there. Mary's remembrance of being invited into the history of the salvation of the world by her son Jesus simply finds her blown away that God would conceive his son, and her. This whole experience confirmed everything she had ever learned about her faith in God. Jesus' entrance into humanity through her took all that she had in her heart already and had believed up until this point to a much deeper, intimate understanding. And in light of that, all the negative, all the challenging aspects from her story that she had to have experienced, all that fades from her mind and her memory all she's left is with this awestruck remembrance of the words of the angel words that ring true in her own heart and soul in her own life nothing will be impossible for god we're being offered that same invitation to be a part of god's plan to experience how miraculous things unfold when we're open to imagining, open to asking ourselves, what great things does God want to conceive in me? It's easy to dismiss all that, isn't it? Right now, the devil's whispering, well, that was Mary. She's the mother of God. Or that doctor, well sure, he could do that. He probably had a lot of money and that enabled him to take such a risk. Or God's only calling holy people to do holy things. And all those things are lies. Those are tremendous lies that try to limit God's power and try to limit us. Because the beautiful message this gospel is proclaiming to us is that God wants to include us in his wondrous plans. That's one reason why we hear at Mass several times, the Lord be with you. That's not just a a nice church greeting. It's a reminder, it's a call, that God is with you. He's calling you to be a part of his great, creative, mysterious plan. Less than a week from now, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. People from around the world are going to recall that historic event that's forever changed and transformed human history. But the beautiful message from this gospel is that God is inviting us to live that mystery ourselves, to once again bring Christ to birth here and now. If we would just dare to ask, what great things does God want to conceive in me?